Next Chapter Podcast. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to new. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend. The king of peace for Angelo. Talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. Oh my lord, people. That is the best intro on the whole record. And then they just never go back to it. Bastards. The song is Louie Louie by Toots and the Maytals from their 1973 record, Funky Kingston. It's also number 380 out of 500 on the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, please, Army? How you guys doing? Oh, my God. It's been such a week. We have been apart, and now we're together again. And I miss you. I love you. It's weird when I do a voice like that because you guys only know me as, like, a garbage pail kid. Just like, hey, guys, I miss you. I love you. Guys. Cadougals, tell me you have been watching the podcast because we have two amazing ways for you to see me and my guest each week, and that is one on our Patreon. Every Wednesday, we publish full episodes to the 500 Club members paying five bucks a month or more, and we really appreciate everybody that is supporting the show. So please go to patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Guess what? We have a new podcast starting where me and my funny friends are going to be talking about records that aren't on the list that they love. They're going to make me a fan of their record. First one we got booked, me and John Doerr talking about Tragically Hip. If you've seen me and TV's John Doerr discussing music online, you can see we've been battling over his love for Tragically Hip and trying to put it on me. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode because it is so good. And the only way you can do it is on our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. And if you're not a part of Patreon, thank you for listening anyway. We love you guys. Don't trip. Uh, But we post all the videos on our YouTube every Thursday. So smash that subscribe button and join our YouTube. Help support the podcast any way you can. Tell your friends that you love them. Just join the Fleece Army. That's all I care about. I got some shows to tell you all about. I sound like I'm from Philadelphia. I got some shows to tell you. What y'all doing? March 4th through the 7th, I'm going to be at the House of Comedy in Minnesota. And March 11th through the 13th, I am going to be in San Diego at the American Comedy Company. All tickets are on my website, joshadammyers.com backslash shows. If you are in Minnesota or San Diego, I want to see you at the shows. Plus, I'm going to be out on the road with Big J Okerson. I think we're doing Ohio at the end of the month. And you can find all his dates at bigjcomedy.com. Now... 
Usually, this would be the place that I do the intro for the album to catch you guys up on Toots and the Maytals. But we've been adding our writer, DJ Morty Coyle. Follow him at DJ Morty Coyle. He is our music expert to the show. He's taken some of the stress off of me because there were moments where, and I think you guys know this, is that I am not a musicologist. I know music. I know, you know, Guns N' Roses, Beatles. I know the shit that I like. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. I've never tried to, you know, fake that I know more about music than I don't. I, I've been researching with Morty and learning as much as I can. But I felt to make the show better, we have that that eye in the sky that's watching over us to lead us in the right direction so we can make sure that we give each album the respect it deserves and it's not me just reading some piece of paper. And I couldn't be happier to have Morty and JT, my producer, chiming in on the podcast. And Toots and the Maytals is a brilliant record. Brilliant record. This is a, this is this is an album you should be listening to throughout the whole day, throughout whatever's going on in your life, because it's going to give you a little bit of pep in your step. And that is why I booked my good friend Ian Edwards to join me to talk about this record. You know Ian from his one-hour special on Comedy Central, Ian Talk, which just came out in 2019, and it's fucking brilliant. Ian is one of the funniest comics that I know, very near and dear friend to me, and I couldn't be happier to have him on this podcast. The intro, the beginning, is so much fun when DJ Morty Coyle is talking about the explanation. Please, I want all of you to tweet at Morty for what happens, okay? Perfect episode, guys. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms. If you're listening on Apple, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media and go to my website, joshadammyers.com for all my tour dates. Email the podcast at 500podcasts at gmail.com. Tell us you like the show. Tell us you don't like the show. Tell us to go fuck ourselves. And follow the Facebook group, The 500 Podcast with Jam, run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, nothing left to say, but everybody say, here we go with 380. Funky Kingston by Toots and the Metals. Funky, funky. All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right, fuck yeah. I need to go right. grocery shopping. <laughs> what's, what's, what city are you in? Uh, L.A. Oh, word. Okay, me too. <laughs> you want to you go get them groceries or something? Motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, I'm going like, to do it quick. Go? Well, that's, that's my real job. I'll, I'll message you to listen to chat. Yeah, if it's Ian's, if it's Ian's food, it's definitely some weird fucking no. holistic no, Whole Foods. It's not weird. It's yeah, it is, dude. Bro, you eat some. You eat some. I'm with you. What are vegetables weird? Yeah, right? I'm not saying they Russell are. Brussels sprouts are weird. I'm not saying they are, but cauliflower is weird. I had crab cakes. What'd you have for dinner, Ian? No, I didn't eat dinner yet. I just got yeah, off from dinner? work. Oh yeah, I forgot. Lunch. We're on the we're on the time difference. Um, Ian, so so uh, I've known you since I started doing stand up comedy. I you, you know how I feel about you. I think you're one of the funniest dudes out there, and I've been wanting to get you on. And so I, like the uh, low hanging fruit white guy, was like, "Oh my god, Toots and the Maytals! This would be perfect for Ian. He's from Jamaica. It'll make sense. He'll probably he probably grew up with the record." And then you were like, nah, player, that was before my time. <laughs> I was like, fuck, do you want to listen to it and still come on anyway so we can talk shit? So, 
So I like so really like it, it never got. So in first front of, of all, you? let me just jump in because I was gonna call you out on this. Like a hundred percent. When is this gonna air? Uh, Wednesday. In February, still right. In Feb, yeah. So not only is it about what you said, but it's Black History Month, <laughs> and you're like, let let me let me get the Jamaican to do the toots Mado thing. I don't give a fuck what else he yells or listens to or whatever else I have on my show. It's Black History Month also. So I get a two for one. We get to knock out Toots and the Mado and get the black guy on. Because Josh kept stressing, like, we got to do this by the 22nd. We got to do this by the 22nd. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be some Black History Month. You want to have a black representative for Black History Month. So I was like, I'm definitely bringing this shit up. <laughs> like, I didn't even fucking think about that. <laughs> you ain't shit. It's the... <laughs> and mean, this is the irony is Black History Month. This is why they have Black History Month. So you stop treating black people like this. But no, <laughs> not white people. <laughs> Let's keep doing it. All right. Fuck it. Uh, We're here. Uh, I agree. I, but, but how did how did Toots never come into your to your view, man? Because it's No, just, it's not that it never came into my view. Like it's actually like the background music to my childhood, but my parents played it. So and and you know, there was always concerts and stuff, but it, it's like you, there's stuff that your parents played or you were aware of that you weren't into. You know what I mean? Like there was, they're playing this, but then I'm not old enough to grasp it fully. And then, but, you know, I'm into what I was old enough to grasp fully. You know what I mean? What were you, what were you old enough to grasp? I mean, you're saying you're old enough to grasp Toots or like just the other music? Uh, when that, when yeah. Toots was playing, I wasn't old enough to grasp it. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just like, like all the songs, the sound of them and the choruses I recognize. But I didn't, when I was old enough to like my own type of music, I didn't go back and reprocess Toots. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. So, so then, what is it like listening to it now? I mean, did it bring back memories, or or how do you feel about what I gave you to listen to? Uh, no, it definitely brought back memories, and it and it's a vibe. You know, it's the vibe of like, like, uh, and and this is even before my time. You know, but one of the I don't know if you ever read Bob Marley's book Catch Fire, and it's basically is uh, you did. I didn't, is, no. no, you didn't. It's this autobiography, but when you read it, it's a vibe of the time, and the words are not just telling you a story. You could feel that time, and when I listened to this album, uh, you know, I could feel the time in it. So it encompasses not just the sound, but everything, which lets me know why this album did so well in like the time that it was, because it's basically i'm listening to like the soundtrack for that time i'm not just listening to a song or a copycat i'm hearing this is what then was about that's 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 what i'm getting when i listen to it so let me ask you a question because you know you're you're talking about this time and about growing up and i mean this album was made you know i think before you but like are some of these songs just in like hearing the lyrics, you're like, holy shit. Like, I remember that. Or I remember like when that happened or when they're, whatever they're singing about, is there stuff that's like, like kicking in shit that you experienced while living in Jamaica? Here's a weird thing about me. I don't hear lyrics. I hear the music. Like I can't repeat. I could try to practice. And if I start listening to the lyrics of a song, 
two sentences in, two bars in, I get distracted and I'm somewhere else. So yeah, I'm into when I play music in my car, I'm listening to the entire sound. And sometimes I'll like hear a lyric. But even for this, when I was listening to it, I was like, I gave up. I was like, I have ADD when it comes to lyrics for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Uh, this was my first rodeo with mm-hmm. Toots and the Maytals. I, I've heard of the guy. I've seen him uh, advertise performing yeah, yeah. for years. Uh, I, I was talking to Morty and JT before you got on, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, reggae, there's there's like, JT, how did you put it? Like, reggae, it's just, it's because I, I think this record. It's in a good mood. I think this music Chill. is musical Prozac. Like I'm in Maryland right now, staying at my mom's house. It's it's 30 degrees out. There's snow. It's horrible. And this record couldn't have come on the list at a better time. Now Mm -hmm. the the music doesn't match my location, but I'll tell you, it took me there and it definitely has put me in a way more positive mood. And from this point on, it's like, Oh, I'm definitely going to be listening to this record for throughout the rest of my life. Well, don't listen to the lyrics. Not every song, but some of those song lyrics are talking about depressing shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, I think it's the Caribbean vibe is giving you like your image of this of the Caribbean while you're in the cold. So the sun is always fun, but some of the lyrics are probably. Like shit is hard. Yeah, it's it's definitely. But I mean, I'm much like you. I have ADD too, so mm-hmm. I don't. I if I hardly know actual any real lyrics, so I go right. by phonetic sounds. So I'm just kind of I'm just doing like gobbledygook. Like you know that one <clears throat> song that's like everybody go lumpy, 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 lumpy all night. I don't even know if those are the words, it's but not. everybody that, <laughs> but everybody that, it's definitely not. But everybody that's listening to this podcast is like, yo, that motherfucker kid. The Lumpy song. <laughs> um, so here, so Morty, uh, why don't you tell us why this record is on the list? Tell us a little bit about Toots and the Maytal. You got it. Let's break it down. So released in 1975 on Island Records subsidiary Mango Records. It's produced by uh, Chris Blackwell, Warwick Lynn, and uh, Dave Bloxham. It's the first U.S. release by the Jamaican ska rock steady reggae pioneers. So I'm going to explain really quickly the difference between ska, rock steady, and reggae. Ska rock or steady? Ska- Rocksteady. 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 Rocksteady okay. or, like... or Skia. Skia, because it sounds like the guitar. So Skia originated in Jamaica in the late 50s. It combines elements of Caribbean mento and calypso, like Harry Belafonte, Deo, that kind of stuff. Then it added American. You just wanted American... to sing right there. I had to. That's now, it's in my... now, now you had to pay me sag and after. So it's American jazz, rhythm, and blues. It's characterized by walking bass and accented with rhythms on the offbeat. So Ska is like klezmer. Upbeats. Chink, 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 chink. Okay, hey, now man, slow canceled, it down. Bro. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. 
On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. I know, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I Yo, was like, Jesus, who knew Scott buddy. was so racist? I, I just want to <laughs> say mean? I'm against what he just did now. So when this comes what did out, I do? you don't see me laughing. Wait, and what did I do? What did I do? Like true racist. What did I do? What did I do? All right, girl, nope, nothing, nothing. keep going. Nothing, keep going. Keep sing the, sing the <laughs> next one. <laughs> Go ahead, Morty. Jeez. Oh, man, now you, now you got me all Now you got me all tired. I know, I know. So by the mid-60s, Good. By the mid sixties, they slow it down. They add in a few extra rhythms and the bass playing counterpoint, it becomes rock steady. It's a little slower. And if you guys will give me my ghetto card, I don't want to get busted for this one. It slows down. So now instead of the upbeats fast, it's chink, 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 chink. What happened this time? What do you, you know, realize? I've been a singer for 40 do years. Do you realize the noise that you're saying? Yeah. What? It's what a guitar does. That's why ska sounds like ska, ska. That's yeah. way better. It's yeah. way better. I'm not. You Wait. guys think I'm saying a derogatory thing for an Asian no, person? We don't think I mean... you're saying it. I'm pronouncing it with a J. I'm pronouncing it with a J like Gina. Oh, Jink. Okay. Jink. Oh, Jink. Jink. Oh, Jink. Oh, Jink. Oh, Jink. Jink. Oh, Jink. Oh, Jink. Oh, Jink. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got to know. Well, on Asian History Month, on Asian History Month, you got to give me a pass. <laughs> oh so they God. slow it down more. The guitars added some strums to it. Bass becomes a little more percussive. It evolves into reggae, which is. There you go. He didn't want to do that one. Yeah, he was going to do. He was the rest go, of my life, jink, I will jink, never do that jink, again jink. with my mouth. I won't even smile. I'm going to smile like this. Mm. Oh my God. And that's it. And th- today's artist is the guy that actually named the music reggae. So everybody knows Bob Marley and the Whalers, but somehow Toots and the Maytals always go largely undiscovered by most people. So let's break the band. Frederick Toots Hibbert, Henry Raleigh Gordon, and Nathaniel Jerry Mathias started a ska vocal trio called the Maytals in Kingston, Jamaica in 62, which is the same year the country had its independence from British and about a year before the Whalers. Both groups were signed to Chris Blackwell's Island Records and the Maytals early records actually overshadow the Whalers. They did better than that. So lead vocalist, uh, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Toots Hibbert was often compared to soul powerhouse Otis Redding, who was one of his heroes. So he's a lot more of like a soul guy than Bob Marley was. Yeah, I could you know, hear He's a it. powerhouse. I could hear it in the, just the way he, you know, he, he just conveyed his Dude. lyrics. If you want to, Ian, if you, and, and this is to the Fleece Army out there too, if you guys want to see an incredible show, there is a Toots and the Maytals. I think it's Morty. It's, I think it is live at the Roxy. Um, yeah, sailing on. And it, it is, it's like watching, because he kept saying he's the Otis Redding of reggae. He, it's, it's just as good as Sam Cooke live at the Harlem Club. It is powerful. His voice is, it doesn't sound like a reggae singer. If you haven't seen it, watch it on YouTube. Yeah, he's a, he was a powerhouse. And so by the early 70s, he has, a, he has some forced time, which we'll get into later. He takes about 18-month break. The band gets overshadowed by the Whalers a bit. He comes back, and as a tribute to him and for marketing purposes, they change the name of the band to Toots and the Maytals. The vocalists get uh, merged in with the band. The Let band becomes the Maytals. Yeah. Were, were the Whalers still named the Whalers then, or was it Bob Marley and the Whalers? Chris Blackwell is a marketing genius. Yeah, Chris he is realized that. Everything. All, 
I'll move Bob Marley and the Whalers, and then I'll have Toots and the and the Maytals because he realizes who the stars are. The front of those men, groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know the Whalers had had Peter Tosh, Tosh and Bunny uh, Whaler. They Bunny yeah, Whaler, they weren't yeah. they weren't any slouches. Right. So by that time, so here's the guys in the band for this record. These are reggae legends forever. Neville Hines on keyboards, Jackie Jackson on bass, Hux Brown on guitar, or they call pick guitar, Paul Douglas and Winston Grennan on drums. And for this record, they have the Ghanaian horn section, Sons of the Jungle. So then in 72, reggae has its huge international breakthrough when the Jamaican crime film, The Harder They Come, starring Jimmy Cliff, another reggae artist, comes out. So along with other artists, two of the Maytow songs are on this record, and it starts blowing them up. So Chris Blackwell goes, how am I going to break this in America? So he takes several records that have already come out. And especially there's there was a record, this exact record was released in 72 called Funky Kingston, same cover. But he just took the cover. He took three songs, added some from this record, a few from here, one from The Harder They Come. And he put that out in America. It exploded. It caught them like on. So is this yeah. a greatest hits record then? Um, no, because... Well, okay, one song is, but pretty much he took he Chris Blackwell knew what he thought would break them in America. So he's like, this has this cover, that cover, this old song from The Harder They Come is gonna be because everybody already knows this. Chris Blackwell's like, I'm white, I know what they would like in <laughs> oh, America. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep playing I know, that I know how I, jing stuff. <laughs> I love that I, <laughs> I was like, here it comes. I, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. They're going to punch me at a train stop next. Listen, this is, this is where my white ear comes into play to make you. <laughs> yeah. Right now you're making black money. Now I'm going to make you make some white money. Get that white money. This is what yeah. we'd be into. <laughs> and I hope they got broken off. But, you know, they they yeah. started blowing up in America. They start opening for everybody. They're, they're playing with huge bands in America. And then even in the late 70s, early 80s, when the British punk and skinhead movements, this isn't the racist skinheads. This is the original like suede head. You know, they were very they were very connected because they were broke also of going through like the Jamaican experience of people that had less than they took to this. And the Scon Rocksteady had a huge had a huge resurgence. So the band continues to make records. They won the best reggae album Grammy in 2004, constantly toured. They were the only album up for it. Was, yeah, right. They had they had three albums on. Best contemporary so, yeah. black music produced by white man goes yeah. to they, Weird Al Yankovic was just close Jinx. to winning again. Oh shit, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and so so in May 2013, Toots gets hit in the head with a by a vodka bottle on stage, oh, and it's the only time it takes him off the road. Takes him off the road for a few years, and then August of last year, he puts out his first album in ten years. It's now nominated for a Grammy. Oh, and so. then two weeks later, tragically, due to COVID-19, Toots passed away on September 11th. COVID got Toots? Yeah. Oh, dude. It's, yeah. And just recently, you, Roy, just passed away. Another huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just heard oh, that. Man. What was the yeah. name of the Toots album that just came out? Uh, I don't. I, did, I didn't keep it because Josh yells at me and whips me. So I just made sure that I, I made sure I went through. It's called Toots. I hope I don't die in two weeks. <laughs> Damn. Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Yeah. So, and uh, then to date, they've had 13 number one songs in Jamaica. And I think they should be as popular as Bob, as Bob Marley. And I hope today helps that out. Got to be tough. That's the name of the album. Got, Got to be, be tough. tough. You know, I'm going to go with, you know, you know, in, in Game of Thrones, Tyrion was like, you got to have a story. 
and Bran had a story. And, and, and so this is probably why Toots is not as big as Bob Marley. Like, getting shot is a way better story than getting hit by a vodka bottle. <laughs> like, Bob Marley was shot at a very critical time in Jamaican history. Toots got hit by a vodka bottle. We don't know when. It was it was a small <laughs> one, too. It was like an airplane one. It, <laughs> yeah, it could have been, like a- been an airplane one. So, you know, you know, Toots probably deserves it, but you got to get hit by a vodka bottle at the right time in history. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, but, you know, Morty, you said something uh, that really made sense is that, listen, I, I love Bob Marley. I think everybody loves Bob Marley. You have to love Bob Marley. He's, he's iconic. But that being said, I feel like I enjoyed this record more than I've enjoyed Legends. And I know that's a, that's a big stretch, but maybe it's just this time in my life. Maybe it's what I'm experiencing here in Maryland. But God damn, was this fucking record perfect. Maybe it's Black History Month. Maybe it's Black History Month. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, let's get into some tracks, all right? Let's get into the first one. So the first, the album opens up with Time Tough. Immediately when this came on, I knew I was going to love it. Uh, JT played 53. So this song is about being broke with rent due and I, the lyric I pulled, it just like stopped me in my track because, you know, Morty, when did this album come out or when was this song written? Oh, uh, this is from a different album. This is from 73. 73, 1973, right. he goes, I got $400 a month rent to pay. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, dude, I'm moving to Jamaica. Like, I don't think you can get like a shoebox in Los Angeles for $400 a month. Like, that just blows my mind. Just when you hear those those numbers that are so low. like, But that sounds a lot for the 70s. That's, that's, I don't think it was dollars. What, what are they? What are they? Shekels? What, what's the What's the Jamaican money? The currency. They have dollars, dollars and uh, I think cents. Yeah, but not. I don't think it's American. But it's exchange. not. It's not American. It's not okay. American. It's, it's it's Jamaica's version. What What did you experience, uh, Ian, when you heard this song? When I told you to listen to it, like I said, I wasn't listening to the lyrics. It was just like it. I definitely enjoyed it more than I. Not. I don't even know if it was more than I remember. I was like, oh, this shit is fire, and uh, it brought me back. To when I was younger, and you know, you know, in Jamaica we didn't always have a lot of money, and this seems like a typical—not typical, but just one of those great tunes that takes you through tough times, and it's relatable to a lot of like you know, you know, Jamaican people. And I could see why you know this was a hit. You know what I mean? So let me ask you this: uh, What's the brokest you've ever been? Uh the brokest I've ever been, like, uh, like. When I was in Jamaica, like I had two pair of shoes. My cousins had one. You know what I mean? So they used to walk barefoot. Yeah. You feel me? Like we Yeah. Like I just miss walking barefoot. <laughs> How'd you end up with two? One was for school and you wear in the yard, and the other one was for like like church. That's it. Do you ever wear the church shoes just like 
to the market. You're like, fuck, dude, these are these are the. I'm, I'm, yeah, if I wanted to get my ass whooped, you're not supposed to wear <laughs> your church shoes and ruin them. You know, before time, you know what I'm saying? You're supposed to wear them when they, when you're supposed to wear them. Yeah. Like, I used to have a joke that my cousins, the bottom of their feet was so hard. Like, if they, my cousin stepped on a roach, the roach would be like, hey, man, could you put some shoes on, please? Like, your foot is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had, a, have you ever had, like, as you've gotten here in America, have you ever had, like, a real shitty landlord? What's the shittiest landlord you ever had? Uh, no, I never really had a shitty landlord, to be honest. Oh, you're lucky, dude. Down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Never had a shitty landlord. I feel like there is one, though. <laughs> you're like, there there are shitty probably... landlords. I just didn't end up oh, looking for sure. Having, good for you. Having one. Yeah, yeah. No, good for you. Um, I have a shitty landlord right now. <laughs> Your mom. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Bradley. <laughs> no, well, yeah, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> For two more days, two more, two more days. days, and I'm back in Los Angeles, everybody. <laughs> All right, uh, the next one's in the dark. Uh, great song. Uh, this is the title track of the album. Most of these songs were taken from, but I want to move on to Funky Kingston. Uh, Morty, is there anything you want to tell us about this? Sure. So Chris Blackwell, once again, doing his entrepreneurial magic of owning Island Records, he says, hey, there's this other band, the Bahamanian proto-disco funk band, the beginning of the end. They have a top 20 dance hit with Funky Nassau, if you guys remember that. Yeah. And uh, he says, why don't you guys have a song? They put Nassau on the map. You put Kingston on the map. Do something called Funky Kingston. And so they just went, all right. And they made it. They named it the name of the album in 72. And that's how we end up with this. This is the bomb. This I, song. But and funky, funky Kingston is actually apt because this is the funkiest shit on the record. Uh, JT, play 208, bro. I fucking love that song. And that was one of the songs from the concert at the Roxy that it's just like you're watching it and you're like, I mean, this isn't any reggae I've ever heard in my life. This is so funky, man. So funky. Uh, thoughts on this, Ian? It's just live. You know what I mean? Like you you feel it. And uh, like the performance is in his voice. And it sounds like an instrument along with the rest of the instruments. And it's just, it just gives you... You know, it's, it's it's a song about pride, which Jamaican people are very proud of, like, where they're from. So this would resonate with everybody. And everybody, like, Kingston was a legend when I was growing up. Like, Kingston's like, it's not a place. It's the city. It's the capital. And a lot of people live in the country. So this would paint the picture of Kingston to people who's never been there and to people who have been there, you know. So, but most, I, I would assume most of the, the majority of people, Jamaican people at the time, had never been to Kingston. So, most Jamaican people probably at the time probably lived their whole life and never been to Kingston. You know, that, that's completely possible. You stay in the countryside or you maybe go there once, but that, you know, that a song would take them there. So, so what is it like there then? Is it just like, like why is it this like, you um, know? You got to think, this is a long time ago, right? Sure. So, it's like, 
the kinks that I saw was close to this, but still not this. You know, you know what I mean? So yeah. of the what he's talking about. It's just you know, it's, it's hustle, it's bustle, it's people selling stuff in the market, trying to make some money, people trying to survive. It's probably where all the jobs were. So people lived there. You know, you maybe I don't I don't know if like you know, some people were working in people's households to make money, like richer people there. I, you know, it's 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 a tough call, but just based on like cities in America, like a lot of people move to the cities for jobs or to make it in whatever thing they're trying to make it in. And I'm assuming Kingston was like that. And it's oh, cities always full of hustlers and the most outgoing, hardest driven people, and you know, the most creative people. And he, I feel like. That's what he was just trying to drive home about that. And that's where all the, the most of the techno technology Tech and civilization yeah. is at the time too, and the government and all that. So it's a combination of the poorest people, the richest people, the middle people, and everybody trying to make it. And people trying to survive the high prices of the time, and but the beauty of it, you know? What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there hey everyone this is tuck from fit for a king in off-road minivan every week i bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast get tucked join me every monday with bands like counterparts crystal lake like mods to flames and many more we play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. And that's a perfect segue for what I wanted to ask you because, so you're, you're born in England, you're raised in Jamaica, and then you moved to New York as a teenager, and you know, for everything that you just said about Kingston is almost what can be said about New York. Uh, so yeah. I wanted to ask you because, because we've never talked about it. Like, like how long did it take you to get into into the New York groove? Uh, I, I, like I can't put a time on it. You know what I mean? But it, you know, it was definitely. Uh, yeah, I can't put a time on it. Like you have, like growing up in Jamaica or England, you have snippets of what New York is like because American TV shows and music are broadcast all over the world. So you have like, basically when, when you're watching stuff, whether you're aware of it or not, you're getting a type of a orientation by watching American movies and TV shows. And then you come here and then you see what it's really like compared to what you know, but at least what you saw gave you some familiarity with what the deal was. So it's not a hundred percent shock. It's just 92% shock. And then you just, you know, some people jump in and try to immerse themselves and some people have resistance and some people, it's just like modern technology. How do you feel about the apps? Are you on Clubhouse or are you resistant to Clubhouse? I'm resistant are you to Clubhouse. Like, fuck Clubhouse. Fuck that. I'm going to stay on Instagram. That's just life when you come here. It's like 
am I going to try everything or my space is good? I'm good with my space. I'm doing that. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's an individual thing. Yeah. I was, I think I was, I uh, was open because I wanted to get my life going. Yeah. Did you know that you wanted to do comedy at a young age? No, and no. That was kind of like, you had no idea. Also doing comedy made me more open because especially when I was doing like black rooms a lot, like my, 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 uh, my, my fellow black comics could, uh, use references that I could, weren't aware of. And the crowd would be like, it'll resonate with the crowd and they get, so I'm like, all right, so I'm not up to speed with American black culture. I'm up, up to speed with like, uh, my, you know, Jamaican black culture, but not American. So it's like, then I had to like read more and learn more shit, you know, and catch up so that I could communicate. No, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, love is going to let you down. Uh, this, they, people were talking about how he sounds like Otis Redding. I think this song really showcases that. And it has one of my favorite moments on the entire record. Uh, JT play 109, bruh. This is such a great song. This is why I love this record because it's like, you know, and we still haven't gotten to something like the next one I want to talk about is just, it's such a fun song, but this is such a beautiful song. Speaking of that, Ian, cause I know you like hip hop. Do you, do you enjoy a good love song? Yeah. 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 Like LL Cool J, I need love. One of the best yeah, love dude. songs period. And then there's, there's a force MDs has some shit. You're like, Oh shit. This hits just as hard as, an R&B joint. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I felt, and I definitely felt this one. You did? Even in why, this why little clip it? that you're playing through your microphone into my Zoom. It's like, yeah, that shit is like, I got hair standing up. Dude, don't pull bald. the curtain back. Don't <laughs> pull the curtain back on on our, our janky uh, fucking setup right now. I think people can see gonna it. Hear it. <laughs> There's no, a video. It's gonna this, be... this video is good. It's going to be perfectly edited, dude. It's going to be perfectly <laughs> edited when this shit, shit is released. It... <laughs> right. Keep it real. Keep it real, Keep the bro. curtain back. All right, next song, Louie Louie. We got a cover. This is one of the most famous songs in the history of music. And the intro, in my opinion, is fucking everything. Uh, JT, play it. And then it just goes into this. Dude, it never goes back to that funky-ass intro. Dude, play the intro one more time, JT, because I fucking love it that much. Gang, 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 jing, 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 jing. <laughs> Morty, tell us all about uh, the jing, jing. Crushed. <laughs> All right, so the, the Kingsmen have the biggest hit with this, as everybody knows. It's originally from 1955. American R&B and soul musician Richard Berry took the Latin uh, rhythm riff from the song El Loco Cha-Cha, and then he, he added lyrics about a Jamaican sailor coming home. It's a first-person tale of a Jamaican sailor coming home to his love 
1963 version by the Kingsman, though, is so famous because the, nobody could make out what the dude was singing. And everybody, you know, because they didn't have a lot going on, figured he was singing dirty stuff. So that made everybody excited in 63. The FBI even did an investigation of the song because what? they thought they were. Yeah, they thought they were, they thought they were singing crude lyrics. They took it off the radio. And that's why every garage band played this song, because you could make it anything you wanted it to be. And they thought it was filthy. And that is probably one of the most famous songs in rock and roll history is about a Jamaican sailor coming home to his love. Is this top 10 most uh, garage band songs in the world? Do you know what I mean? Like, is this, I feel like this is a song that everybody in a band, maybe not now, but fucking the 70s and 80s, covered this song because this might be one of the easiest songs to play am i right yeah it's like i think it's one four five it's bump, 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 bump. that's the whole song and it's you know at, at its core it's a beautiful it's like kind of a sea shanty louis i mean you know toots does it the way it should be done you know <laughs> and yeah. it's beautiful lyrics about coming home to your love but you know hey i you can't knock they had what else did they have going on in 63 kennedy wait, wait. getting killed in this when, hilarious. when you say he does it the way it should be done, what do you mean? It's a Jamaican singing about a Jamaican song mm-hmm. in first person. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, a, it's, 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 it's as true to what the nature of the actual song is. My little girl waits for me. I come to her across the sea. You know, it's right. a song of longing to get home. And I mean, he does it like a R&B tune, gives it gravitas. Mm-hmm. But at its core, I like the fact that it's somebody singing about real you know, it's a Jamaican singing about a Jamaican, you know, a, a Jamaican scenario. Story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ian, you've heard both versions. I assume you've heard the, the, the Kingsman and you've now heard uh fucking toots. Who's, who's Jamaican, Who the Jamaican one toots, toots. Fuck yeah. Now, now the there was no way, question, there was no way I was going <laughs> to go not a black history month. Fuck yeah, no, yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> All right. Then the follow-up question is what's your favorite cuss word? What's my favorite cuss word? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's probably not even Jamaican. Like fuck, you know. Where is fuck from? Is it British? For, yeah, I think so. Like for our for our known carnal knowledge, I thought it was a fucking for was unlawful a crime. carnal knowledge. Yeah, yeah, but they but they say that's that's bullshit. That's, that's like bullshit. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. It's not. It's onomatopoeia. It sounds like when you're doing it. What does it sound like? Oh, there you go. All right. Moving on <laughs> to Pomps and Pride. This is the one that I love the most. Uh, JT, play Lumpy Lumpy. This follows the Rastafarian uh, ethos of not taking oneself too seriously, staying positive, enjoying life, and not being concerned with social status because we're all the same. Um, That's beautiful. All right. Got to be there. This is about showing up to Kingdom Come on Judgment Day. Uh, Another great song. I want to get to the one that just, I mean, moves me. And that's Country Road. Uh, I think this is one of the best songs on the record. And I think this song is what puts this album on the 500 greatest albums list. Um, They remade this, right? 
from who is who did this? John Denver did this in 1971. Okay. He put this out. Uh, this was on In the Dark, also one of those albums. Chris Blackwell, once again, knew that this would break them in America because it had just recently <laughs> been a popular hit. They're mm-hmm. actually, Ray Charles did the version. The version that Toots is doing is closer to Ray Charles' version than John Denver's. Shocker to anybody. Mm-hmm. And he changed some of the lyrics, obviously, yeah. about West Jamaica rather than West Virginia. Yeah. But, you know, but he, he made it his own. And you can't listen to this song and really listen to that song and compare him anymore. This, though, is what got me to think this record is perfect. Uh, I do love that they changed the lyrics to fit Jamaica. Uh, and plus just the high notes that the guy hits in the chorus. It just warms my cold, broken Maryland heart. Uh, play the clip, JT. What's dope is that they closed that concert with this, uh, and I mean, it's a far longer version, and it's just perfect, man. Um, thoughts on this, Ian? Well, what he did was, like, I've been to Jamaican churches where they have bands and music, so he kind of, like, churched it up in a with a Jamaican church vibe so that everybody, whether you still go to church or you don't back then, that, that this would have resonated with them. It sounds like you know, one of those revival songs that they, you know, play at, you know, those revivals where people are getting baptized and church goes late into the night. And even if you live in the neighborhood, you can hear it blaring out over the speakers and bleeding into your life. And so it just has that. Yeah. Which church is wilder, uh, a black Jamaican church or a black American church? I don't know if Wilder is, is the term. Okay, well, maybe not the, maybe the proper choice for adjective, but who's partying more? Let's say that. Who's partying more? I mean, they're both partying the same because it's just, it's just, uh, it's the same uh, theory on celebrating God, but it's just a different sound and accent. Feel me? So it's like. Yeah. No, I know so, exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So speaking of Jamaica. Uh, what do you miss most about Jamaica? Uh, probably like food, you know, like like some authentic Jamaican food. There's some good restaurants in LA where you can get get close to that, but uh, like there's nothing like, you know, even even now my friend sends me videos of like people making stuff and you're like, oh shit, and I try to replicate some of it, but like the food and you know people you know and just last time i went was like five years ago but i you know for the first time i went to a resort and it was a family reunion so it was it was mad cool but just but we went outside the resort you know jamaica's still jamaica man i've never been to jamaica but it's like i've either heard it's like one of the most beautiful places in the world or you might get mugged yeah yeah, you got the good parts and the bad parts but that's just every everywhere you can get yeah you can enjoy yourself in a beautiful part of Brooklyn or you can get stuck up in a part of Brooklyn or just, you know, just anywhere. 
You can stay. You can stay on Maine, or you can stay on the Cecil Hotel. Both are going equally. To yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go. I got mugged behind the Cecil Hotel. So, mm-hmm. but you know, Los Angeles is a beautiful place. Yeah. All right, pressure drop. Uh, Morty, go ahead and tell us about pressure drop. This is this is from '69, so this predates even. You know, this I is right when you. he's calling it reggae. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's <laughs> that. That is. Uh, this was on the soundtrack to "The Harder They Come." You want to jump with that one? Okay. That was, uh, uh, that introduced reggae outside of Jamaica. No, no I don't wonder, want to step on no anybody. No wonder the harder they come came out in 69. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah, exactly. Makes complete sense. It would have been easier if he took the joint out of his mouth. So yeah, so Toots described this about karmic justice by saying, this is, this, this is his quote. It's a song about revenge, but in the form of karma. If you do bad things to innocent people, bad things will happen to you. The title was a phrase I used to say. If someone done me wrong, rather than fight them like a warrior, I'd say the pressure going to drop on you. Ooh. And then this has been covered by everybody. The specials, the clash, uh, you love yeah. from Guns N' Roses, yeah. Izzy Stradlin and his solo <laughs> yeah. band. And then Keith Richards. This is, I mean, this is a classic reggae rock steady song. And it sounds perfect for a Corona commercial. Play it. it And by uh, Corona, I, I mean uh, the beer, not the virus. You gotta, you gotta be specific. Uh, you like this one, Ian? Yeah, I love it. I love all of them. Like, I gotta go to the supermarket after this, and while I'm in the social distancing line, I'll be listening to this entire album again. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. So, Fuck yeah. I yeah. think this is why I knew, even though oh, it was low hanging fruit. In Black History Month. Definitely is. It definitely is. The lowest of the hangingest fruit. But man, oh man, I knew you'd fucking like it, dude. But I don't want you you to be encouraged to keep (laughs) (laughs) reaching for low-hanging fruit. No bullshit, though, Ian. Like, I've we've done that before. Like, when we had MIA on the pod, uh, we were doing her album, Galang, or not Galang, Kala, and we were like, our bookers were like, we should get Hassan Minaj. And then we asked him, and he was like, uh, yeah, I've never listened to her. And we're like, hilarious. Oh, yeah. is, it, is it Indian American History Month, too? It yeah. is. Fuck. <laughs> It's All hilarious. right, the album closer is sailing on. I think this is the most perfect way to end the record. Play it. If you don't smile, Listening to this song, you are dead inside. <laughs> so my question for you, Ian, did you smile listening to this or are you dead inside? No, I was just too busy vibing to smile. And also, again, this is very churchy. You know, this is a very churchy approach. So so he hit it with that. And that's going to resonate with everybody. And uh, man, the, the, the Ray Charles in his voice, like you can hear the Ray Charles influence like a thousand percent on this one like for real for real morty how big was ray charles during i mean i know he was big but is it just like he's massive oh ray charles is i mean 
not to take him out of context as a black artist, even he was as popular across the board as anybody through the, from the sixties through the seventies. I mean, this is, you know, still early seventies and he's, I mean, huge artist. you know, he, he straddles the line right pre civil rights even. So like, you know, and, and, you know, has, has really was all remained. He never had to have a comeback. He was just always ubiquitously, probably like the grand statesman of that kind of music. And you could see he did covers of music that were that were outside of what you would normally have considered like a singer at the time. You know, Dinah Shore wasn't doing country. You know, he was like, I'll do country roads. I'll do a Willie Nelson song. I'll do a Julio Iglesias song. I'll do a Beatles song. I'll do, you know, I'll do monkeys, whatever you want. I can kill it. And people were people were happy to have him cover their music. So he was as yeah. big, you know, as an artist and should be remembered that way as probably one sure. of the most important artists of all time. Sure. And he was, uh, you know, a blind heroin addict. I think he deserves kudos for that as well. I mean, to be able to hit the vein when you can't see your fucking arm. <laughs> he just brailed, his, he just brailed his vein. He just brailed his vein, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ian, you want to do some facts and we'll get you out of here? All right, let's, let's go. All right, first fact. In 1966, the band took a break while Toots spent 18 months in jail for marijuana possession despite claiming his innocence. He later wrote the experience in the hit song 5446, That's My Number. So that's why he was gone for 18 months <laughs> that was his nice little 18 month break that let bob marley take over so are we saying that if he doesn't go to jail for those 18 months toots is up there with like legend and and funky kingston are equal amount of sales in a sense i mean legends are greatest hits album but yeah i mean chris blackwell chris blackwell was riding this train man he was pushing these artists there's a distinct possibility it could have been toots blowing up at the same rate because his member his records are doing better than bob than the whalers records when they were coming out was it really so that's when bob marley took over prominence in reggae well i mean they were both coming up in jamaica I mean, they hadn't broken in america but you know an 18 month break of putting out hits and then basically disappearing off the charts for a good year and change that has people kind of going all right, well, I'm not waiting around. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But I also feel like music lasted longer back then. Like like 18 months disappearance, people are still playing your records because they don't have access like we have now to right. other music as much. Or it's like yeah, they everybody Spotify this music, something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't just Spotify some other shit. Like this is it. Yeah, You're playing but, it. But but think about this, Ian. 18 months in the career of the Beatles, they've already changed hairstyles five times, probably. So, <laughs> so I mean, music, am I wrong, Morty? Like, music's no, moving absolutely. fast at that time. So, maybe. yeah. So, actually, 18 months, maybe, like, maybe some people that are like, I got, I got, I got three, or actually, how much is a record back then? I got 35 cents for this album, and that's the only one I could buy for the next 18 months. I guess it's me and you. <laughs> Toots and the dolls, and then that's. I mean, all this really tells me is that none of the other Maytals were anything close to the Whalers. Because if Bob Marley was in jail for eighteen months, the the individuals from the Whalers would have went off and put out albums. Like there is no individual Maytals. They're like, we got to wait for Toots to come back. Well, he was the song. He was the songwriter and founder of the band, and the guy still worked. Remember, the band still played on everybody's records. 
Right, but I'm they saying just they just didn't put out. They, yeah. they didn't have their own. But with the Whalers individually, they wrote their own songs and put them out, and then came back. You know what I mean? And and sang with Bob, and then went off. You know, so you could tell. You know, the 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 Whalers was most likely more talented overall than than the Matos. That's what I'm gonna say. All right. All right, no, I'll take I'll I, take your word for. I don't want to fight about this. No, no, no. <laughs> and I, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, my question to you is: What's your worst experience with the law? What's my worst experience with the law? Yeah. Just getting pulled over for like bullshit, and luckily, you know, things being searched, you know, for for no reason. But you know, you're just naive. You just let them search, and then now I look back and like, uh. You know, like I'm, I'm normally like, like when, like even the other day, not the other day, I went to meet Doc at Kitchen 24. So this is like six years ago. So I, we park, we drive there separately. Doc's waiting for me, texts me that he's there and I park in Hollywood. And, uh, as I'm walking down the street, cop car pulls up, Right. Doors fly open and they jump out. I'm like, they didn't even put the motherfucker in park. And they yelling. You know what I mean? I'm like, they can't be talking to me. I'm just walking down the street. But they are talking to me. And uh, they're yelling. And I'm like, all right, so what did I do? And they're like, you you jaywalked back there. And the, the thing is, I just deal with them the way I deal with, like, if I'm doing comedy in, like, a loud bar. Like, and when you're doing comedy in a loud bar, the crowd is talking to each other. So back in the day when I was less experienced, I used to try to yell over there talking. And then they would try to talk over my voice so they can hear it themselves talking. <laughs> but yeah. when you speak low, they can hear themselves talking. And then they quiet themselves. And then they can hear you. So I just talked to cops the same way. Like they were yelling and I was like, so what's going on? And it was like, you jaywalk back there. I was like, oh, word, my bad. And then they just could hear how ridiculous they sounded compared to me. And they lowered yeah. their tone. And then they wrote up a ticket and gave it to me. I said, well, let me read this first before I sign it. And they're like, you're taking too long. And then I'm still calm and I'm reading it. And this other drunk guy walked by and he banged on the metal gate of one of those buildings and they grabbed this motherfucker and threw him in the back of the same police car that they were. And I'm like, Oh, if, if I was amped like this guy or just was like, I'd be in the back. So that's, that, that was like the measuring stick or the, the litmus test to tell you what they was on or what their mode was. And it's just because I was just like, like, you know, my, my normal tone is like, it's just my, What's what's it, what is it? What's it called? Mono what? Monotone. Mo- monotone. I'm just normally monotone, so they it didn't give him anything. But that drunk guy, he went to the police station at night for nothing. You could bang on something in the middle of Hollywood in the middle of night. What's what 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 is that doing? You, what's what what yeah. what what crime is that? Yeah. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like, or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead, 
And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Um, it was funny that you said the thing about the bar shows. One of my favorite, actually, it might have been one of the first times I ever saw you perform was at the Comedy Store on July 4th, 2008. And like, I don't know if you remember this set, like Tripoli was on stage. There were three people in the audience. One of them was an old white dude that was hammer drunk. And this is when the Comedy Store was was like doing really bad. So, I mean, this is like a Thursday or Friday night and it's empty. And Tripoli's in an argument with the old drunk guy. And then you had to go up. And they're, they're still arguing and you're still doing your set. I remember, I always remember this because you ended the set by going, this joke normally will get me big laughs and <laughs> give me a big enough laugh to leave the stage. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how it goes here. And it was just so <laughs> perfect considering the situation that you were in. And uh, yeah, it was, you killed, dude. You fucking killed. You remember that? Oh, thanks. Nah, I don't. I try to. I probably <laughs> blocked that out. Blocked it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, in 1968, the group released another song written by Toots called Do the Reggae, which was based on the term ragamuffin for someone who was dressed raggedly. It was the first song to use the word that named the genre. So, what does that mean? That was the first term of ragamuffin. He's Not the guy of reggae ever. He, no, he used the word reggae. And for the first time, it was in a song, and that became the name of the genre of music that we use today. He's the dude. I mean, he probably didn't come up with the word. It was probably some, you know, bastardization of ragga muffin ragga, you know, that became that. But you have toots to thank for when you say reggae today, he's the cat you have to thank for it. Yeah. Thank you, toots. Then he went to jail. Um, <laughs> then he went to jail. All right. Yeah. On- on April 4th, 2004, they appeared as a musical guest on SNL, another show that you wrote for. And the host, uh, when Toots was the musical guest, was Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> you worked on you worked on SNL. Do you have any memorable moments while working on it? Yeah, I was a, a guest writer. So I was there to, you know, to, you know, try to produce some sketches for Tracy Morgan. So you're there for like a few weeks. And so they they have to give you an office. And first they gave me this office and it was nice. It was dope. And then I think some writer, maybe I don't know if it was Daryl Hammond or somebody came in there and it's like, that's my office or some shit. So then yeah. they say, all right, we're going to take you to this other office. And it was basically a closet. It was <laughs> me and an editor in there. <laughs> like I edited the show on a flatbed. So I got to write while this motherfucker's snipping shit. So, but yeah, it was fun. It's good to be on SNL. Yeah, dude, you, that's a credit you take with you forever. That's, that's yeah. And so the dope. table reads, the table reads were like, like anybody, that's what, if you performed your sketch at the table read, like, like went all in almost as if you're shooting the sketch, you would get that shit on. So I also saw that like, like Will Ferrell and people like that, like kill it. And I was like, Oh shit. On September 29th of 1980, they recorded, pressed and distributed their latest album toots live 
to to record stores within 24 hours in an attempt to get in the Guinness Book of World Records for fastest album release. They failed because nobody at the record company let Guinness know. That is fucking ridiculous. So wait, so Marty, you you know any more about this? No, they just, they just you know, I'm sure somebody, I'm sure probably Chris Blackwell standing on his little circus thing was like, here's what we're doing next. You're going to make a record in 24 hours and put it out in a record store and it's going to get a Guinness record. And somebody should probably have told Guinness that that was what they were going for. That's this was so secretive. They didn't even tell Morty about this. He, yeah, didn't exactly. he knows everything about this. Yeah. It's a drag, man. I was in jail for I mean, how many? How many things, I mean, you know, like could be in the Guinness Book of World Records. It's just nobody's there to just like, you know. Yeah, exactly. To, to like, record it. It's like, like how hard is it to get something in the Guinness Book of World Records? Like there's like the most stupid shit in the world. It's like, all right, the most vapes in a minute. Ready? We're going to do it right now on the 500, everybody. The most vape clouds. Josh, you probably have that record He's and you don't it. even know. You never time. That's what I'm saying. I That's what it. I'm saying. All right. As a testament to their crossover appeal, Toots and the Baytals toured and played shows with artists like The Who, The Eagles, The Rolling Stones, Jackson Brown, Linda Ronstadt, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's like you see them playing at these like like a nine thirty club, these smaller clubs, and you forget that they're they're they that that they're loved by so many huge artists. Um, so the question I wanted to ask you was, what was the greatest lineup uh, you were ever a part of, or the greatest gig? We can we can take both. What's easier, the greatest gig you ever played, or the greatest lineup? I mean, like there's there's been a lot. So I'll just say the most recent one. So me, Chappelle, not me, Chappelle, but Chappelle, Rogan, Darnell. Damn, why am I blanking on Shorty's name? We did Will Sylvan. Oh, Michelle Wolf. No, nah, not Michelle Wolf. This was before. Uh, she just Ali McCloskey. Nah, she Ali was there too. Yeah, Ali, I think was there too, or it was. She just had an accident, like, and hit her head. Oh, Ashley Barnhill. Ashley Barnhill. Yeah. Yeah. So we did some. We did some. We did like Tacoma. And we did uh, something else in Seattle, something in Seattle. And I forgot where the other show, oh, Utah. And it was like just huge ass shows. Just, Were you talking like 20,000 people? Well, we played the Tacoma Dome and then we played a outside spot in Utah. Like, and this is before Corona. So like when an outside amphitheater. And so it's just like, some some great shows dude that's incredible man have you gone out to or thought about going out to austin to to rock with them yeah i'm gonna go out there and then check it out a little bit i've always you know wanted to get a spot in austin years before this like just from every year i make sure i try to go to uh south by southwest or just some type of festival in austin yeah. and i'm like oh, okay I, I i could see me getting a place here or or or, or moving here in the future or just it's just Austin's just you know when you just feel in it a place when you yeah. get there and you're like oh I could you know my soul could be happy here that Austin got that Austin, vibe Austin 100% has that vibe I'm there mm -hmm. almost every year for Moon Tower and I was just mm -hmm. there doing shows with Big J and not only is it open and we were hanging out with Will Sylvans and Saifa and we, we tried mm -hmm. to go to the Chappelle thing which you got to get tested earlier in the day um, 
I, you know, how do you feel? I mean, because we're talking about it. How do you feel about everybody making the max mass exodus to, to Austin? Uh, I don't, it's, it's fine. You know, like you're going to Austin, you're going to a great place. And, uh, I don't think I'm going to move there, but I'm yeah. open to anything. And then, you know, I think Hollywood is going to pick back up. So, you know, there's advantages to seize, you know, while everybody's gone. And then maybe there's an advantage to be in there. We'll, like, this world is just so up and down. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm going back to Los Angeles, you know, on Thursday. And I'm just like, why am I going back? Like, oh. I don't feel like it's even open right now. To you get know? out of your mom's place. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come back moving to my no, that's mom's place. <laughs> that's 100%. That's 100%. That's 100%. So you can stop right, sneaking girls in. <laughs> I, dude, I fucking wish I've been on the apps. There is nothing out here, dude. Every girl on the apps has weird, stringy, like crunchy hair, and they got like a titty tat of like a spider. And that's like the ones I'm swiping right on, you know? So I don't know what to, I'm so it's bad, dude. It's bad. Except unless you go to the gym, you go to pure fitness. There are, there's a lot of girls from Salisbury there, but I don't want to hit on girls at the gym because that's their time. And I don't want to be the creepy 41 year old guy hitting on a girl at the gym. Mm -hmm. Am I right or wrong for doing that? I don't know. Like depends on the girl. I'm going to take that silence as uh, I'm the creepy 41 year old guy. All right, last fact. According to Toots, Maytals is a reference to the Rastafari term for do the right thing. I did not know that. Um, so Spike Lee could have made the movie <laughs> Maytals. And that could have been it. Basically. So say that again, Rastafari. <laughs> According to is- Toots. Uh-huh. Maytals is a reference to the Rastafari term for do the right thing. Rastafari is the Rastafarian term for the um, Maytals. Maytals. Uh, for some reason, it's Maytals. Mm-hmm. Maytals is, is a it, reference. Oh, Maytals. Oh, okay. Maytals. Oh, I never heard. Reference. I never heard that before. Okay. So how do you use that? So you just be like, you know, dude, you better fucking Maytal that shit that's, tonight. That's that's not some shit we used to say growing up. So we 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 listen to Toots and the Maytals, but nobody was using that term in a sentence. How do we Unless use it, it in a sentence? Prefer. Don't ask me. <laughs> I think it might have been. I think it might be like you know how colloquialisms come about it might be like metal you know metal or metal that it becomes toots you know toots is saying this also so he's giving you this might be apocryphal right. to build his brand you right, know right. this might be like what does that mean do the right thing it could have been him and his homies kicking it and just we're like i got it we'll call it the metals yeah i could be wrong but when i was growing up that was never a term it says uh it. the urban dictionary says that uh it means good things pure and good Maytal. Maybe that's what it means, but I don't think it, it was Anybody something people it. were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, let's do some rapid fire and get you out of here, Ian. All right. Mm-hmm. Favorite song on the record? Oh, I got to go back and look. Shit, I don't remember the name of it, but uh, th- the one that I said, there was, we was talking about it was a love song, right? You yeah, asked me if I like love songs. Love is gonna let me down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love yeah. is gonna let me down. 
All right. Mm-hmm. Get the get the here. Get the album in front of you, Ian. Least favorite mm-hmm. song on the record. Uh that's tough because I liked most of them. I would say Country Road or, or Sailing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are two of my favorites. All right. Okay. All right. What Cause, song? Because on- church, church haunted me as a kid. Like I didn't want to go to church, and yeah. Sunday was just such a churchy day. And I was like, I just wanted the church to be over. So yeah. it's nothing to do with the music itself. It just has it something just w- to what it represents. You know what I mean? Sure. No. I, like I, I, imagine I, I, you leave church and your home. You're in your yard, and you could hear other people's church still going. You're like, God damn, church! You followed me home. Yeah, it's like when I hear that song, uh, when I hear most songs from the 80s, like, you know, Stepping Out by, who's the guy, who's, who does Joe Stepping Jackson. Out? It's like, do, do, It just reminds me, there's something about it that just makes me think of when I used to be on cocaine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, I love right. this song, but I'm like, oh, God damn. It's like, anybody got bumped? Jesus. <laughs> like, it's just, I get, like, irritable. So I get yeah. that. I get that about the church thing. All right. What song on this record would you fuck to? I mean, the whole album, except uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the whole album, pretty much. I mean, okay. you ask me what's my least favorite, doesn't mean I wouldn't fuck to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, perfect answer. All right, and yeah. does this record deserve to be on the 500 greatest albums list? Yeah, yeah, 100. percent Yeah, it's 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 fire, man. I, like I said, I wasn't bullshit when I say. You know, when I get off, I'm going to go to the supermarket. While I'm on the social distancing line, I'm going to be listening to it. I'm going to listen to it while I'm going through the aisles. And, uh, you know, I might I might pause it when I'm talking to the cashier. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, I would definitely be playing bumping yeah, shit. This, I, I agree with what you're saying, man. If to, to all the Fleece Army out there, man, put this on while you're doing shit, and it's going to put a little bit of pep in your step because this album is – just musical Prozac and and mm-hmm. I love it. I'm glad I'm glad this came up. I needed this record. I think we all did. Um Ian, promote away. Anything you want to promote? Uh just follow me on Instagram at Ian Edwards Comic, Twitter at Ian Edwards Comic. And uh, you know, that's where I do my shows. You you'll see in the stories or whatever I post about any shows I got. Yeah. And also yeah. everybody watches special. Uh it's incredible, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Ian talks. You, you should you should have had it years ago, man. It's like I'm, yeah, I know. I'm I love you get your shine. You're one of my favorite comics. I think you're one of the the best joke writers in the game, dude. And I can't thank you enough for coming on today. And oh, I can't thanks. thank I'm you good. enough for talking toots in Black <laughs> History Month. <laughs> <laughs> Morty, thanks for the facts and the breakdown. And JT, good, good looking out for technically hooking it all up, you know. <laughs> What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Ian Edwards. Follow Ian on all social media at Ian Edwards Comic. And for all things Ian Edwards, go to his website, ianedwardscomedian.com. Now, we just listened to Toots and the Maytals from 1973. Our new music pick this week is Coffee. And you're listening to a remix of the song Pressure featuring Buju Bantan that came out last year through Columbia Records. 
Coffee is a reggae singer, songwriter, rapper, DJ, and guitarist from Spanish Town, Jamaica, and her 2019 EP, Rapture, won the Grammy Award for Best Reggae Album, making Coffee the youngest person and only woman to be awarded in the Best Reggae Album category. And you can find links to the music on our website, the500podcast.com. That's where we got everything, guys. So we got Morty's longer intros, we got all the facts, we got all the music, everything. And if you were in a band and were directly influenced by one of these albums or artists and you want your music featured on the 500, send your song to 500podcast at gmail.com and make sure you put the album and artist that influenced you in the subject line. Next week is TLC Week as we go deep into their 1994 record, Crazy Sexy Cool. Ooh, do your homework. Listen to the record. Stay fleecy. Doobo doobo. Tell them, tell them so we can't take no more. Under the pressure, under the pressure, yeah. Under the pressure, under the pressure. If your pressure be taken away, no. We cheat in a second, cause we all under pressure, my friend. Sometimes when you feel it, you cry down. I hurt your heart, you know. But you do not make it stressful, cause it's happy to be better. Not be living at the ghetto, be under the pressure, my friend. It's real. Yeah. Lord have mercy, this can't get no worse. I feel call it a curse. So me out it and hurt me. Call it thirsty because from me birth I depress me. I feel like the father desert me. But mm, when the pressure erupt, me never give up. No, 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 me never give in. I mean, I send up a prayer for the better living. I can't burn, so I better be sick. And so under the pressure, under the pressure, yeah, under the pressure, under the pressure. If your watch up and take away now, we cheat in a second, cause we all under pressure, my friend. Sometimes when you feel it, you cry down. I hurt your heart, you know, but do not make it stress you, cause it's happy to be better, not be living and you get up to be under the pressure, my friend. It's serious, a lot of times I find it serious. Life is a little mysterious, some we put on, we can't even steer it up, oh no. Watch up and take away now We cheat in a second cause we all under pressure My friend, sometimes when you feel it You cry down I hurt your heart, you know But you do not make it stress you Cause it's happy to be better Not be living at the ghetto Be under the pressure, my friend Yes, the pressure is real And the world, world, I feel yet We not give up Overflowing up with up and the system corrupt. Look how hard some work and it's still not enough. Oh no, lock down the world, no nobody now walk. I know food on the house while the bills pile up. When you listen politician, you say wait a second. Do they feel the same as you and I do? Under the pressure, under the pressure, yeah, under the pressure, under the pressure. It's your watch up and take away now. We cheat in a second, cause we all under pressure, my friend. Sometimes when you feel it, you cry down. I hurt your heart, you know, but you no make it stress you, cause it's happy to be better, not be living and you get up to be under the pressure, my friend.
I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Next Chapter Podcasts.